All right. Well, who's ready for some teaching? Good. <laughs> ah, cool. So we're doing a teaching series called Pulse. We're starting today. This is going to go for four Sundays. How many Sundays? Four Sundays, and then we've got our big second event for the year, our Mother's Day service, Pulse. Now, so there's no confusion, we sometimes have a training course here uh, called Pulse, which is a, a prayer course, uh, and uh, it, it's, it's not related, okay? All right, so this teaching series is not on prayer, but it's on something else that's related to the Bible, uh, just in case people might have got confused. Now, uh, I've gone with this uh, kind of name because... Um, I really want to talk about some significant uh, principles. And what we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pray. And I don't always pray at the beginning of a teaching series, right? Usually I like to just get in there and let's do it. But I feel specifically to pray today because what I want to pray for is I want to pray that there's no distraction here. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Because this word is really, 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 did I say really? It's really important. And I want to make sure we just get rid of all distraction so we can hone in like a, like a racehorse that's got blinkers on. We can really focus. Is that cool? Excellent. All right. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask, can we close that door? I'm just going to eliminate all this distraction. Close that door there. And uh, unless you're on a host team or whatever, if you're kind of walking around the back, can I ask everyone to sit down, take a seat. Let's get our seatbelts on. Let's lock in. You know, I remember a great mentor of mine. He used to give... Uh, he still has a church in Sydney, but he used to give altar calls. You know, significant part of the sermon where you've, you've preached the gospel. Hey, Henry, do you think this, the altar call at the end is probably a significant part? And, uh, you know, there was a season where during the altar call, uh, people didn't respect that moment. Maybe they're a little bit familiar. They've been in that church for a while. And so they thought, oh, this is the altar call. I'm already saved. So this is my opportunity. I'll get up early and go and grab a coffee before the, the service is finished. And I remember this pastor saying, uh, you know, during that time, he actually said, hey, you know what? We all need to be a little bit more respectful of what is the Holy Spirit doing in this auditorium. And it's not all about us and our convenience and any, but we need to collectively have a view that if God's bringing a corporate word and we believe in the presence of God and the anointing of God on the word, we have to honor when the word of God is being preached, it is a time that the Holy Spirit is moving. Who believes that? And so what we need to do, not just for ourselves to focus in, but we need to limit distractions, okay? Now, if you're here for the first time, I don't go on about limiting distractions every time I start a teaching series, but I do feel to do that today. Uh, I just feel that on my heart. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for focus in this house. Father, we thank you, Lord, right now that you would uh, just get rid of all distractions. Father, whether it's, you know, what we think we have to do this week at work or what's going on at home. Lord, uh, what's going on even in our tummy, Lord, if we're hungry? Father, I pray right now, even if we're feeling tired and weary, Lord, I thank you right now, Father, for an ability for every single person in this place to focus so we can receive all the goodness that your word has. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone agree with me by saying? Amen. Amen. Okay, awesome. All right. So I'm going to get us to go to the next slide. Pulse. Uh, what's this all about? This teaching series is actually about a spiritual health checkup, right? I've gone with the word pulse because usually when, uh, you know, you're feeling a little bit faint or not 100% healthy, the first thing a nurse will do is to check your, check your pulse just to get what we call your vitals, 
Okay, and that's why we've gone with this, uh, this theme of pulse for the next four weeks, because we want to look at some vital indicators of the health of you spiritually and of the people around you spiritually. So we can all kind of wise up and get discerning around what really are some good, fundamental, strong signs of spiritual health. But we can also learn from what not to do. Uh, and we're going to look at some examples of uh, what a, a lack of spiritual health looks like as well. Or maybe uh, we think we're spiritually healthy, but underlying there may be some things that are going on that we don't even realize. And we want to go to the Word of God. We want to put the light on that so that we can all properly more uh, do self-checks, right? Who knows that a lot of, uh, if, we, if we go to the health example, a lot of examples where people prevent themselves from having a heart attack or, you know, suffering from uh, horrible things like cancer is if they actually know what are the signs and they kind of check themselves uh, rather than just always waiting for them going to the doctor, right? So obviously we're going to go to the Word of God, which is good, and uh, that's kind of going to be our doctor through this series. But also we're learning to self-evaluate and we're going to learn how to check up on ourselves by looking at this great checklist over the next four weeks. And we're going to look at is every Everything in order is everything in order spiritually now we're always improving and growing and and becoming more like jesus so no one's perfect so i'm sure there's going to be something that kind of pops up a little bit during this series to go oh okay i thought that was an order but maybe it's not an order so let's not get hung up if we're not uh, perfect with our spiritual health checkup but let's be open to the fact that sometimes we have blind spots Sometimes there are things going on that we don't even realize in our spiritual makeup and we need to let the Word of God be like the two-edged sword. We want the Word of God to help to cut some things out that aren't right and to also put some things in place that will help to uh, make us spiritually stronger. Who believes that? And so that's where we're going with this teaching series. And so let's, let's look at this next slide. Uh, I want to start overall with this scripture uh, to kind of frame the teaching series for the next four weeks. And it's Psalm 37, 23. It says this, let's read it together. One, two, three. Oh, I love that. It was like a, that was like a wave at the Olympics. It was kind of first started here, and then you kind of came here, and then you ended here. That was good. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Everyone say order. See, sometimes I touched on this last week, but we think order is control. We think order, being kind of hemmed in, in a narrow pathway, is control, right? But order actually gives you health because it helps you to stay out, out of the things that you, you shouldn't get caught up in. And so the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, the Lord is, God is not a controlling God. The Holy Spirit is not a controlling spirit. This is not a controlling church. We don't believe in control. At the end of the day, our principle of leadership is this. We lead with an open hand, which means what? We give advice. We give counsel. But at the end of the day, you've got your own free will and you have to choose to do what you want to do. We can't tell you what to do, right? We can give advice. Our responsibility, how we steward as a local church is we believe in leading with an open hand. Who likes that? Okay. But what's interesting is these whole things of submission... Right, where people go, ah, the word submission, ah, it's control, ah. <laughs> I can't force you to submit, right? I can't control you because I can't force you or make you submit. If uh, I used unbiblical methods, there might be a way that I'd try to attempt that, but hopefully you're discerning and you go, well, that's not cool, right? Come on now, we're all pretty smart, right? But I can't, and this whole series is not about submission, by the way, all right? But let me just go there and start it. What I'm trying to highlight here is this. 
when you submit in anything that the Lord has asked you to submit to, when you submit to, if you're a wife, you submit to your husband. When you're a husband and you submit to the Lord. When you're a worker and you submit to the mission of, of the boss, right? And he's the leader and you've got a mission of the team. You submit under the authority uh, of wherever you work. You are choosing to do that. You're empowered because you're choosing to align to the principle of submission. Because submission means to position yourself under the greater vision of the team or whatever it is that you're submitting to, right? Who here submits to God? Come on, who here submits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Who here submits to the Word of God? All right. Uh, Are you forced to do that? No, you choose to do that, right? Now, you don't need to answer this question, but even though you say you submit to the Word of God, do you always obey it? Just answer that in your head. (laughs) Right? Okay. So... The key here is we're going to look at all of these uh, principles about good order, good godly order to do with the Word of God and the kingdom and how things work. And we're going to look at different flavors or themes as we go for the four parts. But uh, today, let's have a look at the next slide. Oh, actually, let's look at this scripture here. And we're talking about moving forward. We're talking about the future. So the whole heartbeat of this is to look at where we're at and to look at where we're going and to say, hey... Uh, if we want to really uh, be set free in where we're going in life, we need to actually get more order in our life. Interesting. And I talked last week about that unity and freedom are actually related. That when you learn to get in God's order, when you lead to actually submit to His principles and to flow, everyone say flow, you actually uh, are able to move forward uh, without uh, restriction. You're able to, 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 to see the blessing of God happen. I can tell you that these principles that we're going to go through will relate to your marriage, they'll relate to your home, they'll relate to your workplace, they'll relate to your church life, they'll relate to your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They will relate to every single, uh, to relationships, every avenue that you can think of. It's about order in your life and order on your world. One thing that we are really into is we're not into teaching principles of just about how you should behave or what you should do at church. Right, because that way we that when that that means we're making disciples who act a certain way on a Sunday but aren't acting a certain way during the week, right? And so the principles of God are not designed just to teach you how you should act at church, right? And we just act a certain way at church, but they're designed so that you can actually be Christ-like seven days a week, twenty-four-seven, and obviously knowing that you know there's times when we're imperfect. But let's read this, brothers. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, so I'm not. I haven't arrived yet. Anyone here who has arrived? Just looking out. No? Okay. All right. So we're all on the same page. But one thing I do, forgetting. Everyone say forgetting. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So it's all about this journey of becoming more Christ-like as we work on this this earth and we go into eternity. Right? And it's about going through the process. Everyone say process. Process. Going through the process. All right, let's have a look at this next slide. So this is part one of this four-part series, the barrenness of busyness. Do you like that? Everyone say, ooh. Everyone say, ah. The barren, the, I was going to say the barrenness of busyness. The, the, the barrenness of busyness. Busyness has just become a way of life for most of us. We, that should be we were. We were it. <laughs> we wear it, actually. We wear it like a badge of honor. All right. So, next slide, please. Let's go. Let's do this. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to talk about 
how busyness and a sense of uh, just trying to kind of, <clears throat> the difference between uh, fruitfulness versus drivenness. Everyone say driven. And this is going to relate practically, but this is also going to relate spiritually. There are people who are practically driven and they're trying so hard to make something of their world that they don't realize that they're actually out of order. Okay? We're going to look at that. There are also people who are spiritually driven. And it's not healthy. They're spiritually trying so hard to make something of their life. They're spiritually trying so hard to make something of their world. They're spiritually trying so hard to make something of their relationship with God. And they think that it's healthy, but actually it's gone out of order. It's out of whack. And we're going to look at some of those principles today. Because I think one of the biggest traps is we can fall into this presumption that we're very spiritual but we're just getting spiritually driven and we've forgotten to actually get in order and to flow with the principles of God. We actually start to run ahead of the things of God and then we start to feel confused and we try to drive it forward even harder and we get caught. So do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed with the renewing of your mind. So we believe that this teaching series about let's have a look at some key things to kind of bring some order in and change our attitudes and maybe our mindsets about how we're trying to do things. So the, the first point, is this that I want to talk about a sign of uh, you know being really busy or being spiritually driven is this is that I'm gratified only by accomplishment or that's a, the main driver meaning I want to accomplish things I want to make things happen I want to accomplish things now let's balance this we do teaching series about you know having goals and having vision and going for it and stepping out by faith uh, can I simplify things I think there are some people uh, on planet Earth who are Christian uh, or non-Christian who really need motivation, right? As in, not just the motivation, but they really, you know, they, they'd rather sit down on the couch and eat, a, you know, cheeseburger and watch Oprah. They kind of make something happen in their world, right? So this kind of sermon isn't really for you, all right? You kind of need to relate to this, the teaching series that we did maybe like two months ago, all right? So don't, if you know that you lack drive, don't look at this teaching series as an excuse to go, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to do anything and I'm just going to trust God, amen? All right? So if you, you know who you are, all right? But this teaching series, this teaching series is to bring balance. This teaching series is to bring balance because I think there are some people who are naturally go-getters, and you don't have to fall into that category to relate this, but there are some people or there are some, some things in our life where we're trying to push, we're trying to make something happen, and we actually get out of order. Does, does that make sense? Good. So the first principle we're going to talk about is where it's a sign. It's a vital sign that maybe you're lacking some order. So a warning sign of drivenness and kind of lacking order in your world, a pulse check. Another specific thing is spiritual driven, drivenness where you're out of order is that you're gratified or you have a sense of focusing on accomplishment, means the only way that you can feel good about yourself is through accomplishment. Sometimes this results from not receiving uh, positive accolades as a child. Uh, a kid runs up to his dad after a soccer game, Dad, I scored a goal today. Yeah, but you missed two other opportunities, son. And so we develop an accomplishment addiction to prove our worth or our value. And so this person, if they have this kind of vital sign in their life, this person sees life only, everyone say only, only in terms of results. Results are important. They are important in life. Fruitfulness. Everyone say fruit. So God wants fruit. He wants results in our life. Uh, but they're not the most important. 
okay? This old saying, but so true, it's not just the destination, it's the process, right? And so we've got to remember this scripture that we looked at before, the steps of a good man. It doesn't say the results or the accomplishments of a good man. No, each step matters to God, the process, the journey, and how you're living your life. So we're going to look at these principles today around making sure we, we look at order. Let's look at the next, let's look at the, script, the scripture here around this point. Proverbs 3, I love the book of Proverbs, wisdom, 3 verses 5 to 6. Again, let's read this aloud. Trust. He will make your path straight, 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 straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. And so that's the key scripture we want to anchor to here when we look at this particular part here. But what I want to do is if we look at this, trust in the Lord, not trust in you, trust in your opinion, trust in, in what, you're, what you're thinking, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I find where we get trapped here is we're in a situation in our life and we're trying to get answers, or we're trying to get breakthrough. Sometimes we can fall into this trap of trying to work it all out in our mind and try to analyze it. And the Bible clearly says the weapons of warfare are not in your carnality. They're not in your own thinking. They're not in you trying to analyze it and think, think around it, but they're in the Word of God, for pulling down strongholds and every lofty thought that exalts itself against the truth of God. So there's sometimes some things that you think that you think are right, or you think are true, or you think uh, it's God talking to you, but it's not necessarily always the case. And this is why we, we've got to be careful of pride, and we've got to go to the Word of God as the anchor, not just be Holy Spirit Susie, right, who's just like, oh, you know, blah, 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 or Holy Spirit Matt, or Holy Spirit Timothy, or Holy Spirit Auntie May. We've got to make sure that we are grounded on the Word of God. And so it's important for us to have that understanding. When it comes to the next point, and that is this, let's go to the next slide. Gratified only by accomplishment, this is the point. But now I want us to have a spiritual checkup. Is everyone ready for a spiritual checkup? Cool, so let's do this. So we've talked about being careful that we're not so goal-focused and so results-focused and we want something to happen. We're so fixated on this thing happening, this goal, this vision, this, this thing, this promise, whatever it is. And, and, and it's like, we're like, oh, it's going to happen, right? That we start to run ahead of God or we start to get out of step. And We've looked at the scripture here, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't try and push the door open. Come on now. Don't try and manipulate a situation. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will walk it out for you. Don't try and run ahead of him. You know, sometimes I think we go, oh, I'm following God. Well, if you're following God, you're behind him. No, I think sometimes when we're following God, we're actually saying, okay, God, I'm going up ahead, and you really need to catch up with me. Come on. <laughs> so let's do the spiritual checkup. Here we go, spiritual checkup. I want you to think about this. When you are spiritually driven and not in God's order, you tend to not really honor God's process. And you want to jump ahead of him. So just check in with yourself here. 
You push for doors to open rather than being patient and following God's principles. Your goals, vision, and what you want to see happen become more important than actually getting in order, getting in line, and following God's process. Again, let's spiritually check in. When you are in order, you get behind God and you follow His steps, His principles, and not the steps that you think, oh, I think that sounds good. No, the steps that are in the Bible. The steps that your fruitful spiritual leader give, give you insights into. Say, I followed this, look at the fruit of me. So I want, I want to encourage you, I can't make you, but I want to encourage you to follow those steps. To seek wise counsel, to get around some people, look at the Word of God, get around people who are fruitful in that situation. Make sense? So, I think it's important for us to spiritually check in here. When you are in order, you get behind God and you follow His steps, His principles, His Word. You follow His authority, not your own. You follow His Word, not your opinion. And I said it last week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there during this teaching series. It's actually not biblical for you to think that the only way you hear God is by what Rima revelation you get, because it's too convenient. So if you go around saying, well, I've heard God and God told me to do this, so I'm going to do it. Biblically, it says, well, have you checked in? Have you checked into what the Word says about that? Have you checked in and gotten wise counsel about that? Because if you haven't, you are not following the Word of God. Therefore, you're actually not following God. You're just conveniently telling everyone that you're hearing from God because you don't want to be held accountable by the principles that God set up to keep you safe. And you don't recognize that maybe, just maybe, because you're not God, funny that, that you might have a blind spot. And that your opinion may be slightly convenient because you feel like it's good, but it may not be right and it may not be what God has for you. God's beyond time. He set this up to create safety nets for us. But there's something really popular these days, particularly with Gen Y, online Christians, who would rather watch someone on the internet who's really cool and can preach, but yet he's not their spiritual mentor because he has no idea what's going on in their world. And sometimes we want to put more emphasis on listening to a sermon from a guy from Philadelphia who's talking about a topic that makes me feel good, and yet I don't want to go and get advice with the person I'm walking with in Christ in my local church who's fruitful in the very area that I'm confused in. And i tell you why we do that, because it's convenient, because it's comfortable, because you're not being held accountable. And maybe, just maybe, you're not positioning yourself to hear something that you just don't want to hear, like you're off track. Come on. And we say, we say, we say, we say, but I'm hearing from God. How convenient. Now, again, let's balance this. Sandy likes my balance. When you go and get wise counsel, you go and get wise counsel from someone and they give you something, you think, oh, I don't really like that. doesn't resonate with me 
So watch this. When you get wise counsel, you get wise counsel two or three times, right? So you go and get some more wise counsel. Oh, I said the same thing. <laughs> what are these people drinking? Mm. So I'm going to go and get some other wise counsel from this guy. saying the same thing. Mm. I know what I'll do. I'm going to go and hang out with some of my friends and I'm going to share my opinion and I'm going to look for people who just want to agree with me. Let me go and hang out with some friends and share the emotional story. Oh, guys, this is what's going on. I'm feeling really confused. I really feel like this is what God's telling me. But then when I went and got counsel from this person, this person, this person, it's like they're saying something else. Like, seriously, guys, what do you think? I just think you just need to do what you feel like. You really love God. I mean, you, you hang out with him in his presence. You can hear for God for yourself. Just do what you feel to do. You know what? I think that's a prophetic word. <laughs> I feel it in my heart. I can feel the presence of God right now in this room as you've just said that. Spiritual checkup. Come on. I'm not holding back during this series. You call that? Because right, we're going to bring some truth and deal with some stuff. Because Sarah and I, through the leading of the Holy Spirit and through the people that we're accountable to, we are raising up a church of fruitfulness. And I'm not going to hold back on the Word of God because it's designed to build us up and to edify us, but it's also designed to cut out stuff that's just going to hinder you. And so I think when we talk about accomplishment, I'm thinking about going after what you actually really want and calling it a Holy Spirit agenda, but it's actually your agenda. Gratified only by accomplishment, accomplishment of your agenda, accomplishment of what you think, accomplishment of your opinion, accomplishment of what you believe, but yet not really honoring the filters and the principles that God has given. Let me share one story and we'll move on. This, uh, this same pastor I was talking about before when I started based in Sydney. Been in ministry for over 40 years. Very respected, well-established minister. And uh, he, he had a conference. This is the same guy that kind of, you know, said during a season that, hey, we need to be more respectful during the altar time when people kind of walking out to get a coffee. And uh, <clears throat> he held a conference and there was an altar call at the end of this conference. And um, one of his female pastors or female ministers, part of his team, was, was down at the altar. And this girl came to the altar. And she came to the female pastor. <clears throat> and she said, I'd like you to give me a word about my relationship. 
And the, the female pastor went to pray and to ask the Lord. And the Lord said this to the pastor. The Lord said, ask her if she's planted in a church and if she's already been given wise counsel from her current local church. So that's what she said. She stopped. She said, well, actually, before I feel to pray and give you a word for your relationship, I know you've come to this conference. Great to have you. She wasn't from that local church that was holding the conference. She said, can I ask you this question? Are you planted somewhere and has that covering or has that leadership given you wise counsel about your relationship? And the girl said, yes. And the pastor said this, well, here's my prophecy. My prophecy is to follow the guidance of your current leadership and your covering and the wise counsel that you've been given. That's my prophetic word to you because that's biblical. I bless you and I release you to go and do that. Now everyone say yeehaw. Because right there, that's order. Come on now. That's a sign of order. That's a sign of that minister acknowledging, right, that there was a reason for why she wanted a prophetic word. The main reason was because she didn't like the counsel she'd already received. So it wasn't her not hearing from God. That wasn't the issue. Is that she didn't like what she was hearing. And conveniently, she probably would say, well, that's not of God. It's just from some people who think that they can hear from God, but I can hear from God better myself, but then I'm going to go and get a prophetic word. Everyone say health check. Man, I'm enjoying this. I'll tell you why. Because I think this is what some of the most significant reasons why there's dysfunction in the body of Christ. Come on now. There is dysfunctional Christians in the body of Christ. Dysfunction because they don't follow the function and the order that the Bible teaches he's set up for the kingdom of God to work functionally and healthy. Number two. Another thing we're going to look at is that when people are spiritually driven and they lack order in an unhealthy way, they are preoccupied with symbols of accomplishment. And again, this is not all just about spiritual stuff, but this is also to do with maybe if you're going after stuff practically. There's nothing wrong with going after stuff, but it's about the level of drive and determination and what you're willing to sacrifice and not uh, lean into God for to just get your accomplishments. So the most important things to people who are a little, little bit out of order here is titles, office size, positions, status, house size, uh, how closely they can connect with the pastor, all these types of things. And it's not really about what this person is doing, it's about who knows that they're doing it. So this can also be about social media. We call them status updates. It's about how can I let people know about what I'm doing? And this can fall into the spiritual driven. How can I try and let people know how spiritual I am? These are the types of people that, uh, you know, when, when, you, when you look at uh, their focus, it's about them trying to impress others with their spirituality. And they're trying to uh, get, get attention. They're attention seekers with their spirituality. And look, don't get me wrong. Do we believe in the gifts of the Spirit being activated and us doing stuff for God? Yes. But I can tell you that I've been to conferences and events and I've, I've seen people who are making out that God's moving in their life and they're spiritually shaken all about. Now, I'm not going to make a direct comment about physical manifestations. I've seen them happen. And I've seen people fall down on the Spirit. I think that that is of God. 
but there are definite examples when it's exaggerated and there's definite examples when it's of the flesh because there's something of rejection in that person there's literally taking whatever God's doing and taking it to a whole new level. And I can tell you why. Because the thing that happens when that happens is distraction. That person actually pulls the attention from what God's doing and puts it on themselves. That's spiritually unhealthy, folks. It's dysfunctional. And I'm not saying that passionately because I think you're the example. I'm saying it passionately because I just want us to get this. We all believe in God moving and the miracles of God, absolutely. But there's dysfunction when it comes to people who are Holy Spirit junkies. We're a Holy Spirit-focused church. We believe in the prophetic. We love all that. But can I just tell you that there's a move of God right now that actually isn't cool out there on the internet. And then we start criticizing our local church because, oh, they don't let the Holy Spirit move enough. And again, we haven't received that direct criticism. I'm just saying, I talk to lots of pastors, right? And we're all called to build slightly different churches. But I, I want to go there today because I want to tell you, it's all about balance. Too much spirit and not enough word, you blow up. Too much word and not enough spirit, you dry up. But balance and order is the key. Preoccupy with symbols of accomplishment. Let's have a look at this scripture. Philippians 2.3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Don't try to impress others with how amazing you are at doing whatever you feel you're called to do. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. So let's do a spiritual check-in. Let's go to the next slide. Let's do a spiritual check-up with this. Is everyone cool? So when you're spiritually driven... And you're preoccupied, preoccupied with symbols of accomplishment. When you're spiritually driven, you have a strong preference to position yourself. Catch this now. You have a strong preference to position yourself as the teacher rather than the student. You're moving forward with, with what God has told you. And your symbol of accomplishment is, I can hear from God. And I have a vision. And I have goals. And I am moving forward. And so your symbol of accomplishment actually is pride. Now, I'm not saying we can't have confidence in Christ, but we need to have confidence in Christ, healthy confidence in Christ, is when we're doing all those things, we're moving forward, but we're also aligned to the principles of God, that we, we have mentors who speak into our life, and we have people who we're accountable to, and we look at the Word of God, and we don't just go around saying that we can hear from God, and we don't actually look at these check-ins. Because what it actually is, is pride. It's this sense of my accomplishment is, well, I actually know best. I actually know better than you. And not that people actually say that, but it's the mask that they wear. Hey, I'm doing well spiritually because I can prophesy over people and I can hear from God and I can go around advising people on what they should be aware of and what God has told me is going on in the church. And I can post these great comments on Facebook, but I don't need to seek advice from anyone because I can hear from God myself. I don't need wise counsel. I really am the teacher. I don't need to be the student. Everyone say, ouch. Is anyone getting this? Does anyone actually think this is healthy? Right? This is healthy. 
Because what we're doing here, the Word of God is doing this. The Word of God is unmasking some things today. We're unmasking stuff, right? Not to expose people, but we're unmasking stuff because we want the Word of God to be the light. And the Word of God is the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I believe that there is dysfunction in the body of Christ. Do I believe there's dysfunction here? I think there's a little couple of examples of dysfunction in people's lives. We're not going to shame people and call them out because we're all at different levels. But what I want to do is I want to do like a massive mentoring session right now with the Word of God. Is that cool? And some of you are probably going, amen, 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 because you're like, yeah, because probably three years ago, you had to break through in this. No one's exempt. But maybe you're not amening me because you're like, <laughs> maybe you're not amening me because you're like, ooh, ouch. We have a little bit of fun with this. Because I think if it's just all too serious, well, it's, it's hard to deal with. So let's have a bit of fun with this. Right? But I want to tell you that Sarah and I, through the Lord's leading and through our accountability, we're accountable to many people. In, in fact, Tom Hammond is one of our leaders in the United States. He posted recently on, on Facebook something like, everyone has to be under accountability because everyone has blind spots. Greg and Julie, who are our apostolic oversight, they're accountable. We're accountable. Our leaders are accountable. I mean, people aren't all here fans of Sir Richard Branson. I'm not going to say Sir Richard Branson is the great example we should all follow in all areas of life. But let me just let you know that Sir Richard Branson, I've shared this before, but he was asked by a journalist, so what is it like to actually be one of the richest guys on the planet, not to actually be held accountable by anyone? You could just go on your tropical island for a whole 12 months and just you know, have people reporting to you, but you don't need to report to anyone. He goes, you know what? It's funny because I actually took advantage of this just a couple of seasons ago. And he said, you know what? It was the worst season of my life. He said, because I absolutely erased accountability thinking it would bring freedom. In fact, it was the, the least fruitful season of my life. The absence of accountability is not freedom, church. Now, there is healthy accountability and there's unhealthy accountability. Unhealthy accountability thinks I own people and I can control people. That's unhealthy. That's not biblical. Healthy accountability is that your leader or your mentors believe that they are stewards. They don't own you, but they are called to lead with an open hand. And when you come to them, and you need to go to them for advice, because if they have to keep chasing you, then you actually don't really want advice. So you have to go to them which means submit underneath the order of God. Say, hey, can I get your thoughts on this? And then those leaders need to give you the freedom to make the choice either way because we can't make you make the choice. We can't make you follow the advice. We can only give it. That's up to you between you and God. Is there anyone following this? And so the spiritual checkup here is a lot of times people who are preoccupied with these symbols of, of accomplishment spiritually is they love to position themselves as the teacher but they don't really like being the student. So they don't really like, you know, asking for advice because, well, I can hear from God for myself, but they love giving advice. In fact, they love having people just surround them and come to them with questions. Anyway, thank you for asking that question. I really appreciate it because, you know, there has been a time with me in the Lord when I've sensed something like that in your life going on, and I really think that blah, 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 blah. I'm going to say dysfunctional. Look at me, look at me. They want attention for how spiritual they are. But the reality is there is a lot of confusion about them because they aren't in order. 
They gossip about people. They're critical about how others are not as spiritual as them. They really need to be more on fire like I am, they say. Or these people really need to be more into God or more intense or more spiritual, they say. But people who are in order in their life have three levels of relationship. Let me say that again. People who are truly in biblical order in their life have three levels of relationship. They have mentees, maybe people who God's brought around them where they're further on the Lord and they can encourage. Everyone say mentees. They have peers who are people who are, they're walking and they're doing the same season of life with, which is great. They can get advice from those peers. They can give advice. But also there is sometimes natural, a uh, little bit of competition or, or, or comparison. It doesn't necessarily always have to be healthy. It just happens. But iron sharpens iron. Sometimes that's a good thing. Not competition necessarily, but kind of I'm walking with you and you're moving ahead. So, ooh, that encourages me for me to move ahead in the things of God. But the third level of relationship that healthy people have is they have good mentors. And what I say by mentors is not mentors that are dysfunctional themselves. If you, if, can I do a quick checklist? If you're getting mentored by someone, if that mentor is submitted to someone else, that's a good mentor. If your mentor loves to be a rogue and is independent themselves, guess what? That's, that's not a good mentor because you're going to reproduce after them. Okay? Great check-in. Is my mentor healthy? Yeah. Well, have they submitted under their local church pastor? Are they planted in a church? Do they follow the Bible? Is there good fruit in their life? Particularly in the area that you're asking for, is there good fruit in their life? So if you're asking relational advice, well, do they have a good marriage? So funny. Can I just say this? Over the eight years, I've had people who want relationship advice. And look, I'm not bragging here because our relationship is perfect. But I think Sarah and I have a pretty fruitful life in our marriage. And there are some people who go around, they ask all these different people for advice, but they never come to us. And all the people they're asking, it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's weird. Everyone say, ouch. Everyone say, ooh. That's right, I'm going there today. I'm doing it. I'm not holding back. Because this is good. This is good. People who are out of order, they'll tend to have mentees, their little groupies, and then they'll have their peers, right? But they won't really have good, solid connection with the spiritual leaders in their local church. And they avoid them. That's why the Bible says to honor, honor leadership in your life. Treat them with respect because it's an antidote for pride. Number three, uncontrolled pursuit of expansion. What do I mean by that? So most of us want to be part of something successful, but even this desire can get out of control. This person never appreciates achievements. They recklessly pursue more and more. This can usually manifest when it comes to spiritual growth. So this is sometimes seen in spiritual growth, where we're never satisfied with our growth or others' growth. 
We, we think that we, we don't read enough or we don't pray enough or we're not, we're not hanging out with God enough. Uh, we don't p- minister to enough people. And, and these, these comments can come not just towards ourselves if we're unhealthy, but towards others as well. We make religious judgments about other people under the umbrella of I'm being spiritual. And they can think, well, I'm not holy enough or as in the unhealthy person, I'm not holy enough, or they can start to look at other people and go, hey, they're not holy enough. 1 John 3, 2, let's look at this scripture. Beloved, now we are children of God. You're not a child of God when you earn it. You're not a child of God when you become holy enough. You're not a child of God when you save enough people. You're not a child enough how many spiritual conferences you go to or how spiritual you are, how long you pray for. Come on, you're a child of God now. So don't get caught up in that religious, working for your identity in God kind of thing because it can creep in even into the modern church. Being religious doesn't mean you just wear old clothes and sing old hymns. (laughs) That's not really the definition of religious. Religious is you can be sitting in the most contemporary church with the biggest and best lights in the world and you can be religious. Because you are stuck in a situation where you believe that what you're doing for God is the key to your identity in God. Can I tell you, that's probably the biggest example of dysfunction I've just given right there. It's great that we do stuff for God, but when we cement our identity in what we do for God, and not just our relationship with God, that's where we get into a danger zone. Is anyone hearing me today? So a spiritual checkup on this. Next slide. I want to ask Jason to come, please. Thank you, sir. Spiritual checkup on this one. Yes, be motivated in the things of God. Be motivated to move in the, in the spirit of God. Be motivated to evangelize. Be motivated to prophesy. Be motivated to preach the gospel. That's all great. And also, don't be unmotivated, as in don't sit around and not want to grow in God. So there's a balance. But get in order with your motivations. Stop trying to earn God's love and recognition and recognition of people and people's love and acknowledgement by what you're doing or how spiritual you are. Because it's dysfunctional. And unfortunately, the people who are dysfunctional think they're the most functional, that they're the most spiritual. But the one thing I've learned is that it's the test of time. And something may seem really right right now, but over time, the fruit always reveals what's going on. So hang around people with longevity. The Bible says, test the fruit. Look at the people. Look at your leaders. Look at the fruit in who you're wanting to partner with, who you're wanting to get advice from. Look at the fruit of their life. Fruit cannot lie because it takes time for fruit to come. And the fruit comes from what's going on in the vine. Don't be getting advice from people who are unfruitful, who are broken in that area just because they're giving you attention. just unwise last one number four 
Let's nail this in. Number four, limited regard for integrity or accountability. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready over there? Are we ready here? Are we ready over there? Awesome. When spiritual, people are spiritually unhealthy in this area, because it all becomes about accomplishment or success, it doesn't really, or, or just reaching their goal or getting the result that they want or seeing their agenda happen, it doesn't really matter so much how they get there. They just want the result. So they're not willing to go through the process. They're in such a hurry to get there, they never slow down to let their inner person catch up with their outer to let their inner spirit man actually say, hey, you know what? Let's check in here. Their goals, their career, their plans are racing far ahead of their character. And there is an ever-increasing gap. And this is the key. I think the biggest sign that someone is unhealthy and needs a check-in is when they're more gift-focused than they are character-focused. There are people in the body of Christ who are more focused on their spiritual gifts and those developing and showing those and moving in those and how amazing it is, but their character, they're not paying any attention to. Let's have a look at some scriptures here. Let's go. Let's do this. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright guides them but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. There are some people who are really into spiritual gifts, but they speak badly of their local church. There are some people who love moving in the Holy Spirit, but yet they don't honor their leaders. We need to get balance here. Next one. 1 Peter 2.13, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority. Now, this is a difficult one. But it's actually saying if you trust God, you need to actually flow with the authority that's been given in your life, whether that's the workplace, university, whatever. Now, those people may not be perfect, and they may be do wrong by you, but you know what? God will justify you. Next scripture. Hebrews 13, 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. You may be sitting here going, I have such a heart to be a leader one day. Well, I say this to you. Your first assignment is to learn how to be a great follower. Be a joy to lead. Next one. Romans 13.1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. God has established authority in your life. He's established wise counsel, people for you to go to. Do you respect them? Do you honor them? Do you utilize them? Or out of convenience, do you say, oh, no, I don't need to go and talk to that person because I can hear from God. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Next one. Are you in order? Let's do a quick spiritual check-in and then we're going to close. Is everyone still here? Awesome. Spiritual check-in on having a limited regard for integrity and accountability. Here's the check-in. 
prophesying without protocol. Yes, there is protocol when you prophesy. There's biblical protocol. Bill Hammond, one of our uh, great leaders that we respect around the world, has done a lot of teaching on protocol around prophecy because there was such a lack of credibility to do with the prophetic movement before the 80s because people were just going around prophesying whatever they wanted because they were led by pride. And they did a lot of damage to the local church to the point where local churches didn't want the prophetic to even move at all. And so what people were doing is they were learning how to prophesy. They were focusing on the gift development, but they didn't want to learn about the character development that had to go with the prophetic mantle. Are you interested in just learning how to prophesy and just being able to prophesy and do whatever you want? Or are you interested in learning the biblical protocols of what it means? Because where you may be gifted and prophetic, the thing about prophetic people is they're beautiful people, they're powerful people. But if they don't learn the protocols, they're some of the first people in the body of Christ that can be very prideful. And I say that to you as a prophetic person. Everyone say health check. So prophesying without protocol, praying without sensitivity, just praying over people without asking their permission is insensitive. Zeal without wisdom, like a a bull in a china shop. Oh, I'm going to do this for the Lord. I'm not going to develop my character and anything like that. I'm just going to go out there and do it. Zeal without wisdom. Sharing without really caring. Opinion without submission. Giving advice without wanting to seek it yourself. Can I tell you this, church? We don't need more gifted people. What we need is we need anointed and appointed people. And we're all called to be anointed and appointed people. But we're not called to just be gifted. Do we want to develop gifts? Absolutely. But we want to develop the character in people. Because your gift will open a door, but it's your character that will sustain you. Look at Lucifer as a perfect biblical example. He had an amazing gift. He was very gift-focused. In fact, he thought he was so good that he was even starting to think he was better than God and that he deserved the glory that God was given. It was the very gift focus and lack of character focus in Lucifer that was the key reason why he fell and why people still fall today. Because they're fixated on gift, thinking it makes them look spiritual, and it locks in their identity, but they actually are not going through the process, the most fundamental thing that's required to see their character develop. We're called to be anointed and to be appointed. There will be a due season. If you've got a call of God on your life, if you follow the process, more importantly, do you know what? The most powerful men and women of of God are the people who have the right character. They might not even be the most gifted. But they've gone through the process. And so God doesn't just open the one door. He keeps opening the doors because they have that character. Who believes that? And so we're about to finish. I'm going to finish with this story and then we're going to pray. Is that okay? There's a story or a movie called, I think it's called 500. You know, the big army, I think. What's the? 300, sorry. (laughs) Got that wrong. (laughs) 300. I knew it was wrong. I thought it was 500 men. What's it called? 300. Epic movie. And I can't remember the character's name, so forgive me if you're a fan of the movie, but there's this guy who is, yeah, he's not um, fully abled in his body. He's got deformities. And he wants to be part of the team. He wants to be part of this army that's receiving the glory because they're going to go out and fight and they're doing everything. 
There's such a focus on the army around their gifts and their talents and their training. And they want to go out and they want to slaughter the enemy. And he wants to be a part of it. And so he trains and he develops and he trains and he develops and he trains and he develops his gift. And he goes to the key leader and the leader says, he goes to submit himself to the leader and says, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And the leader looks at him and says, I cannot let you go because there's a key thing. We have to lift our shield at a certain angle. And because of your shoulder, you can't do it and you're going to create a liability to that team. We need to find another team for you, another place for you. So his leader in love was actually giving advice and wisdom to protect him and the greater team. You're not ready yet, basically, he was saying. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. But we want you to be ready, but you're just not right yet. So he focused on his gift, but there was a turning point when he received that correction, when he received just put it, being put into order, being kind of put in his place a little bit, and it hurt. But he didn't receive it as correction. He received it as deeper rejection. And the rejection went into his heart, and you could see his face turn. He went from, I want to be part of the team to, I'm going to destroy your team. And we didn't join the enemy's army and decided to take on. Such a quick shift of heart. So fickle. And this is the other thing. When someone really lacks integrity, biggest sign is they're fickle. One day they'll love you. The next week, not so much. The next week, they'll tell five people what they don't like about you. Then the next week, you preach a great message and they go up to you and go, oh, that was so amazing. And then in the car going home, they're like, oh, that guy didn't talk to me at all. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me or whatever it is. I'm just giving a pastor's example, but this is all. This can be in your home. This can be in your workplace. Because they weren't recognized for their gift. Can I tell you, it's a bigger than that. It's about the process. It's about character. Let's bow our heads close our eyes. Beautiful God, I thank you, Lord, that you're a heart surgeon. I thank you, Lord, that your word, Lord, let it be released with power and anointing today. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that you're wanting to build a functional, healthy body of Christ. So, Father, I pray that your word, Lord, like a surgeon, would have done some work today. And, Lord, that you're not only cutting things out and putting things in, but, Lord, you're shining a light on blind spots. I thank you, Lord, for the culture of this house. Lord, that we're not perfect, but I thank you, God, that in your leading, that you would help us to cultivate a family, a community that's healthy, Jesus. Lord, we don't just want to be healthy numerically. Lord, we want to be healthy spiritually. I thank you, Lord, that you're shedding a light on functional spirituality and you're shedding a light on what's dysfunctional. Lord, let your word continue to be our guiding light. And your Holy Spirit, lead us down this amazing path into a great future. Lord, we thank you for this teaching series. Lord, let it feed your people over the next couple of weeks. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Let's give God some praise.